Hello, everybody. Welcome to Coffee with Kelly. Today, my guest is Paul Polk, the Charlotte County Property Assessor. Um, Paul, can you tell us a little bit about you, your background, and how did you become the property assessor? Well, I have, uh, I'm a Charlotte County native. I'm proud to say that. My family's lived here for multiple generations. Um, so I'm a product of Charlotte County Schools. <laughs> I actually attended Edison Community College in this exact building. So, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> I got some history here. Um, I started my appraisal career back in about 1985. Okay. Working as a private appraiser, doing fee work uh, for banks. Uh, oh, okay. Mostly for loan purposes. I didn't um, know that. I worked part-time, or after that I went and worked for the um, Sarasota County Property Appraisal Office. Worked there for a couple of years and then moved on to the Florida Department of Revenue. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that the Florida Department of Revenue does oversee all the property appraisers in the state of oh, Florida. Oh, really? Um, so they have an appraisal division, and I worked for them for quite a while, many different capacities. Um, then I came to the Charlotte County Property Appraisal Office in 2010. Okay, and um, you've been here ever since. I've been there ever since. Uh, the property appraiser retired. Frank Desgan retired in 2012, and I ran for office when um, blessed to have been elected property appraiser. So <laughs> gonna, I, that was my next question. Are you an elected I am position? an elected official. So our, our cycle, all the constitutional officers, myself, the sheriff, tax collector, clerk of the court, supervisor, uh, we're all in the same cycle. Okay. So every four years we are reelected. Okay, and when Ho is hopefully, 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 and when is the next cycle for you? Twenty twenty four. So we're on the same oh, cycle. Okay. We're on the same cycle as the, as the presidential. Yes. Ah, okay. Correct. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Paul, in our area, about what seven months ago, we had a catastrophic storm Ian come through our area. What is going on with that? I know that there were some. A lot of homes are damaged. Correct and now you're in the process of going through and assessing all of the things yeah. that happened, all the homes that were yeah. damaged. We're trying to identify right now. I mean, our valuation date is January 1st. Okay. So we make a determination of our values as of January 1st and the condition of the property as of January 1st. Okay. Um, so since the hurricane, we've been actively, you know, we, we've reached out to the public. We've, we've been on our website. We've had you know, articles or, you know, ads in the newspaper. Mm -hmm. Hey, give us your information. If, you, mm -hmm. if your property was damaged, please provide us the information, either photos, insurance information, anything where we can help us do our job to make a determination of the status of that property as of January 1st. Mm -hmm. um, we also have high-resolution aerial photography that was flown within two weeks of the hurricane. Okay. So we've been using that, you know, those aerials and comparing the aerials before and after. Um, to make a determination um, of what that condition of that property was. We also had aerials flown, flown, excuse me, flown again in mm -hmm. January. So mm -hmm. we really have a before, right after the hurricane, and then you know, a couple months after, you know, closer to our right. valuation date. Right. So we're using that information to make that determination. Um, and for properties we found, you know, Hurricane Ian was so much different as far as the scope and scale compared to Hurricane Charlie. Right. You know, we were here during, I was here during Hurricane Charlie, uh, saw that destruction throughout the county, but it was it was pretty, you know. Charlie was localized. a fast storm. It was a fast moving storm. It was very localized for the most part. What we saw with Ian, it was widespread. You yes. Know, you know, Charlie did not reach, did not really impact West County that much. Okay. Very few homes out there where mm -hmm. mobile homes were damaged out there, and Ian, it's the opposite. I mean, we right. had a tremendous amount of damage in our West County, Rotunda area, yes. you know, Grove City, a lot of the mobile home parks. We had some of those older mobile homes that had not experienced the, you know, Category 3, 4, 5 hurricane. Yeah. Um, and they really, I mean, 
literally destroyed a lot wow. of mobile homes in that part of wow. the county. And then we had damage again. We had it was it was widespread. It was from West County to South County. I mean, it was all over. All over. It was just a scope of the storm. You know, you have a hundred mile an hour winds for eight hours. Stuff's going to give. Yes. Um, so that's made our job challenging. Um, just because of the scale and scope of the, of the storm to identify those properties. And we're doing our best with that photography. Um, it wasn't realistic for us to try to go door to door and drive these. We'd have never gotten through this. Mm. Um, so we're using that aerial photography. We have staff that they've been doing that full time for the past right. you know, six months. Right. Um, I think our last count, we'd looked at probably about 50,000 properties in wow. those reviews. Um, so, and again, it's ongoing and we're trying to, we're trying to get that information done as quickly as possible. Um, as far as our cycle goes, you know, our valuation date is January 1st. Right. June 1st, I have to provide an estimate to the taxing authorities. Oh, know, okay. A, an estimate of our, our, what our valuations may be for that, for this coming year, for 2023. Right. right. Um, then we make our final tax roll submittal to the Florida Department of Revenue in July, by July 1st. Okay. So we're kind of under the gun. You know, we're dealing with the damage side of it, right. for one thing. Right. But we're also doing our normal valuations. We've got over 200,000 properties we have to value every year. Wow. So we're doing that on top of looking at the trying to identify this, these properties. Right. So we're pretty busy right now. I bet. Um, uh, I bet. So we're working some so, overtime, working some Saturdays, things like that. So. so with these properties that are damaged, so now, and they're not livable, do you go in your are you reevaluating the value on those properties? Do they go down in value? Do they stay the same? What what does that look like? So if the if the property was destroyed, for instance, right. so we have a mobile home that was completely destroyed right. or even a house is, you know, deemed uninhabitable or unlivable as of January 1st or rendered right. uh, rendered uninhabitable January 1st, um, we're going to take those improvements off the tax roll. Okay. So there'll be just the the land value um, and any of the assigned improvements, the pool, those type of things. But that right. living area, that home with dwelling was uninhabitable or commercial buildings in that case. Right. That were, because we see some of that. On Long 41, yes. we have some properties, you know, commercial properties that, again, they're, they're gutted. They could not be put to their use. You know, right. what, their, what their intended use was, was to be a retail store. Well, it's right. gutted. They can't do that at this point. So they'll come off the tax roll for this year, and then we're going to be rechecking these and you know, see what happens periodically to to see when they come in. and we're also looking at permits we get all the okay. permit information from the county or from the city of Punta so we monitor that as well to see what that progress will be okay um, but like I tell folks that you know Hurricane Charlie and then this isn't a one-year event I mean, no it, it's it's going to we have stuff that lingers again you're going I mean we see with supply chain issues and and just getting you know people to come in you know we have a lot of folks that are here doing work but again, it's a long, you know, somebody may be on a waiting list for another six months, eight months to get somebody, a contractor in there to do that work to their home. So they may not be in the home January 1, 2024. So again, right. we've got to monitor, try to monitor that um, within our, you know, from our side right. of it to see when those properties are, be put back on the tax roll. Uh-huh. So I, I saw you talk at the Board of Realtors, mm-hmm. um, I think about a month ago, and there was a notice on the tax appraisers website something that people had to sign up for by a certain date Correct. i think that has passed that has now. passed that was a yes that was a during this, the governor called for a special legislative session back in december okay and at that point they provided some property tax relief for properties again that were rendered uninhabitable for at least 30 days mm-hmm. um, and there was an application to be filled out on our website 
or they could have come into the office to fill out an sure. application. But that, that date was April 3rd. The, the, the filing deadline for that was April 3rd. Mm -hmm. We got over 3,000 of those applications. So, again, we're pro in, yeah. in addition to some Everything. of the other stuff we're doing, we're processing those applications. So anyone who's completed that application, be patient. You're Correct. going through Correct. this. Yeah. Yeah. It and, will be coming. Yes. But just be patient with yeah. your office. Yeah, so. if, they, if they if they if they filed that information or filed that with us as of April third, um, we are again working on those. We, yeah. we, we've, and what we do is we we process the application, make our determination, um, and then we provide it to the tax collector who would actually process the actual tax refund. It's a prorated it's a prorated refund for that portion of the year again from uh, the hurricane from, till January first. Right. And that damage again it wasn't. It, you know, the damage would just be to the dwelling, the okay. single-family home, the mobile home, the condominium, okay. or whatever it was. Again, it wouldn't include the land or any of those other things. So they're going to get a rebate on what they paid for their property taxes November 1st from September 28th to December 31st. If it was uninhabitable. If it was uninhabitable. Un for, for, for that period of time. Okay. And it's just the ad valorem side. On it's the, not the non-ad valorem uh, uh, Yes, assessments. and I'm glad you brought that up yes. because um, one of the things that people – especially people moving to Florida and first-time homebuyers, they don't realize when you're looking at a property tax bill, you have the top section, which is your ad valorem, and that covers what? Schools? Yes, that's your taxing authority. That's your, you know, the county, the county, the city, uh, law enforcement. Um, you have the water management, okay. water management districts, school board. The school board is one of the bigger portions of it. Um, and then... You know, the bottom bottom half is the non-ad valorem. Correct. And that's where sometimes you'll see special assessments. Correct. If they've gone through and put sewer in mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, also, PACE loans. I don't know if those are still available, but some people do have them. Yes. And you'll see them there. Go ahead. They, um, you know, the non-ad valorem side, again, the ad valorem side at the top, that's based on value. Right. That's based on the value of your property, the taxable yes. value of your property bounced off the millage rate that's been set by the taxing authorities mm -hmm. to get that dollar amount taxes. Now, the non-avalorum assessment or fees, they are flat fees. Yes. So you can be in a million-dollar house or a $50,000 house. If you're in the same <laughs> neighborhood, your, your non-avalorum assessments are going to be the same. Right. Um, they may vary. I mean, the, the fair the fire assessment may vary based on the number of structures you have on the property. So there's oh, a, really? There's, there's okay. different... There's different criteria for those non-avalorum assessments, but again, you know, the main thing is they are not based on value. And the other thing that's confusing when people buy a home is the non-avalorum is paid in September or October. Well, they're all. I mean, they all show up on the the trim notice in August. Correct. As far as the payment, I mean, it's included in. There is some. You know, there is a difference there and some on the time frame, but that tax, that total tax bill that you'll get from the tax collector in November will include both. It both. will include okay. the non-avalorums and the avalorums. So that's your total, total okay. tax bill. Because we see sometimes where the buyer has to credit back the seller because they've already paid right. the ad valoriums. Yeah. The nons, the non-avalorums. The non-avalorums, yeah. yeah. yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So, um, you can go out to the website and look at the tax bills. And I know realtors don't like Zillow, but what I like about Zillow is you can go down and you can look at the tax records and you can click count, uh, C County website and it'll take you to that property's wow. website. 
and there is a little I want to say it's an orange box that says tax information mm -hmm. and it takes you to another page and you can see the property taxes homesteading Homestead. that is a huge thing in this area and I I go through and call my clients in January that bought hey did you homestead mm -hmm. did you homestead did you homestead because you have till when uh, March 1. March 1. March 1. To file this. Correct. Can you tell us uh, what this does for people moving into the area or for new home buyers or people that have owned their homes and didn't realize they could do this? Uh, the big thing about the homestead, um, you get $25,000 value off your school board side. Okay. Because, again, you have different taxing authorities. And then in 2008, I think legislation was passed or amendment was passed in 2008 to addition to grant additional twenty five thousand on the non school okay yes side so you've got a fifty thousand dollar exemption and a twenty five thousand dollar exemption depending on you know that tax authority again just twenty five off the non school side or excuse me the school side right the big thing the big the most important thing the benefit the biggest benefit yes for the homestead exemption is the cap you know there's a three percent cap on assessed value based on the Save Our Homes Amendment that was passed in the early mid-90s. Okay. So that is, that, is a, that is the big benefit of that. So what that means is, so if you buy a home or if you build a home, mm -hmm. you know, in the mid-90s, early 90s or whatever, um, and that's been your homestead primary residence since that point in time, mm -hmm. your assessed value has been capped a max of 3% since that time. So as the market, and, and, the, and, the, and the idea behind this was, that folks were getting taxed out of their houses. I mean, that was kind of the thing that, you know, the property values are increasing so much. Right. You have folks that are on a, a, a you know, fixed income. Mm -hmm. This is their primary residence. Mm -hmm. And the market value is going up and the taxes are going up. So what happened was, so they put this cap in place to try to, you know, to buffer that a little bit so that you didn't see those huge increases in taxes each and every year. Again, your market value is still going to be reflective of the market, but your assessed value is going to be capped at 3% of max. And this is what happens. People will see the property, they'll buy a home and say it hasn't sold since the 90s. Mm -hmm. That property tax bill is going to be very small. Very small. But what happens after that house is sold? That is a great question. And, and let me <laughs> let me let me step back too. Back in that, that there was other legislation in two again, I think it's two thousand eight mm -hmm. to put a non homestead ten percent cap on assessed value. Again, assessed value. So for the so non homestead So your non homestead, your your non school, you know, taxing authorities okay. the assessed value is capped at ten percent as well. Okay. So you buy the home, you buy that building. So what happens after a change of ownership, Florida law requires that to reset. Mm -hmm. So just like your example you gave, you know, you're looking, you cannot look at that prior owner's tax bill. Correct. Because, and, and, it's a, and it's a timing thing as well. So you buy a new home, you buy that home in February. Okay. So again, our valuation date's January 1st. Right. So our ownership was January 1st. So that prior owner owned the property January 1st, they were homesteaded. Well, guess what? You get there. You get that tax bill in November that reflects that homestead still. Right. So that homestead doesn't come off until the following January. Correct. So that first, and that's what happens. People get that first tax bill. Wow, this is great. It's only fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> well, again, change of ownership. Market again that following January first, it resets. They get the tax bill the following year, even though they may have homestead. Correct. And it may be capped going forward, right. but that's going to be reset. So it's going to be a shocker. 
it, let's just it, say. Yes. And, and again, that's one of the biggest complaints or questions we get from property owners. Again, they're coming from out of state. They're not aware of mm-hmm. Florida tax law. Mm-hmm. And it can be, it can be, you know, shocking yes. to put it uh, nicely um, when they get that new tax bill. And they, 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 they are really for sure that we've done something wrong and that something must be wrong. But the realtors do a good job, you know, explain to them. And it is a disclosure that they, has to be they put do. out there. They do. Um, but still, some people, you they, know, they don't pay attention to it or they just, and again, you know, criminosis, when they go out, pay attention to them. Don't right. Just, don't just, you know. Yes. If you get something from our office, we encourage you. Can you just t- explain what the trim notice is for people that don't know what that is sure. or that aren't familiar with? Um, sure. And, that, and the timing of that is, is usually around mid-August. Correct. Um, so, again, we've, we've, our valuation date is January 1st. You know, July 1st, we submit our tax roll to the Florida Department of Revenue for approval. Mm-hmm. So we do an approval process. And then mid-August, we mail out a trim notice. It's yep. the Truth of Millage uh, Notice of Proposed Tax Bill. Again, that's going to be the first look at what your proposed taxes will be for that year and it shows different budgets well exactly Mm -hmm. so it's broken down in three sections so you've got the first section is what it was last year yep so your value last year was x the millage rate was this your taxes were this okay i mean i can't i don't think it gives actual taxes but it shows what your value was and what your millage rate was the prior year okay then it shows what they call as a rollback rate so what the rollback rate is for the taxing authority to collect the same amount of money they collected last year, this is what the millage rate would be. Okay. So, and then the final column is the proposed. Okay. You know, so the taxing authorities have raised their budgets or whatever the case may be, or they're maintaining the same millage rate, but they are going to collect more money. Okay. You know, it's, and, and, and again, you look at that, those three things, again, what it was last year, what the rollback rate would be, and then what the actual, you know, what the actual right. proposed is. But what happens is, and it happened this year, that you know we said you know we've mailed out the trim notices, you know, mid-August. Right. So in this, and, and during the summer, the taxing authorities, I'm just using just use the county for sure. example, they are working on their budgets. They're they're finalizing it, so they've got my numbers now. They've got the you know they the, get the, them in June. So they've got those numbers. Um, they're looking at any money, any funds they're getting from any other sources to, to, to fund their budget. Okay. So when they get those numbers, so they, and they, have, a, they have several different budget hearings, public budget hearing mo- meetings where they discuss their budgets and what their proposed millage rate will be based on that new valuation that our office is providing to them. Okay. Um, so what happened this year, so they had the, we mailed out the trim notes in August. Their final budget hearing is usually not until sometime in September. Right. So once they got those budget numbers, they actually, they didn't go to the full rollback rate, but they did lower some of the millage rates this year. Okay. So so there, so that that notice of proposed tax bill, the taxes that were on there were actually less, or excuse me, were more than what the actual final millage rate was and what the final taxes were by those different. I mean, some of the taxing authorities um, maintained it, kept, the, kept their... Um, mills rate the same um, some lowered them a little bit um, and every now and then you'll have one row raise <laughs> so in in Charlotte County so you would have Punta Gorda would have their own millage Correct. rate 
Um, who else would have their own rotunda? No, no, it no. just um, because rotunda and the other different communities fall under the county. Under the county. Under the county. So they've so you have the law enforcement, you have public safety, sure. you have um, Greater Port Charlotte Lighting District, those type of things that mm-hmm. are actually line items on the on the top part of as taxing authorities and the mm-hmm. like I said the water management district. Mm-hmm. You have we have most of our counties covered by Southwest Florida. Swift Mud, Southwest Florida Water Management District. Okay. And then we have a small portion, Babcock Ranch and some of that area out there, that's covered by South Florida Water Management District. So, so they're individual line item taxing authorities that have their own okay. millage rates and they have their own okay. budget hearings. Gotcha. And the school board as well. School board yep. has their millage, you know, they, they set their own millage rates. Well, let me take that back. They have two parts of the millage rate for the for the school board. You have a local portion and you have a state portion. Okay. So there's two parts of that. Um, but it shows up as the final, as a, as the total. Okay, okay. I wanted to ask you millage rate. Now you said that this year it went down. Correct. It, what would cause it to go down? More homes being built? Well, I mean, it's, it's what happened in twenty. For, for instance, for twenty twenty two, we saw a seventeen and a half percent increase in taxable value. Okay. So the taxable value that the monies, you know, the, the starting point that the county or the tax authorities had to work with was 17% higher than it was the year before. So if they had maintained the same millage rate uh-huh. as they did the prior year, uh-huh. they would have collected that much more money, you know, as far as taxes. Okay. So what they did is they looked at that and said, yeah, we had a 17%. And in the past couple of years, it's been it's been averaging anywhere six and a half, seven percent, eight percent. You know, 17% increase in taxable value is big. Again, because you got to think that we've got over 60, you know, 55, 60,000 properties that are homesteaded where the assessed value can't go up more than 3%. Is that, did it go up because these values went up because of the sales in the county? It's, an, it's a combination of several, several things. Several things. Several things. So in that 17% increase, you're going to have new construction. Yes. You know, we put over 2,200 new homes on the tax roll. Yes. So that's new you know, a new house, new $250,000, $300,000 house going on the tax roll for the first time. Okay. So that's a big, that's a, I mean, those, those numbers are steadily increasing mm-hmm. over the past couple of years. So that's, that's portion of it. The other portion of it, like we talked about before, once there's a sale of a property, Correct. that change of ownership. So that property that's been capped, you know, that property that's had an, a, a taxable value for as a hundred thousand dollars for the past, you know, 15 years, right. because it's been the homestead cap now it's reset because of that change of ownership now it went from hundred thousand to three fifty uh-huh. um, so that's a big chunk of that as well right and then you just have the overall appreciation right you know we saw vacant lots particularly in some areas that tripled in value last year wow you know so the, the lot the lot started out you know you know in january of 2022 excuse me 2021 you know at, at ten thousand dollars in that neighborhood by the end of the year they were selling for 27,000 or 28,000 mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So again, our value has to reflect that January 1st or December 31st closest to the end of the year date. So that $10,000 sale, we looked at that, but we also had a pile of sales, you know, up in that 27, 28, sure. $30,000 range. So that's what our value is going to okay. be because that's what, you know, again, when our that's... tax rolls reviewed, looked at by the property department of revenue, they're going to look at that. Mm-hmm. So we have to be, mm-hmm. those valuations need to be as reflective to January 1st as they can be. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one of the big increases. That's why I, those are the kind of the combination of things that, that caused that, again, this year, that or excuse me, last year, 2022, that big increase in taxable value. 
So Paul, some things I've run into is I'll have a veteran buying a home. And with the homestead, the vet, a disabled veteran mm -hmm. does not pay property taxes, just the non-ad valorem, not the ad valorem. There's several different um, exemptions for veterans, right? disabled veterans. Um, it depends on what level their disability is correct and we have our staff it works well with the va mm -hmm. and we know what you know we'll ask them to bring in different paperwork mm -hmm. you know provide that that documentation for those different you mm -hmm. know disabilities mm -hmm. um, so that's best for them to come into our office and talk to us about that and provide us with that documentation so we can make that you know proper you know adjustment to that sure for the for, sure. the, for that exemption right and one of the questions I get, they will, I, and I always tell them, you're going to have to pay those property taxes for the first year. You know, you buy it in January, right. you buy it in July, you buy it until January 1st, like you said, until it, it gets reevaluated. Right. They, they will need to go down and fill out the paperwork for it. There, but, There is, there was legislation passed, I believe it's two years now, two years ago now, um, that kind of, that, that addressed that issue. Okay. And I can't, I mean, it's not fresh on top of my head, so I can't address yeah. it. But there was legislation passed to try to address that, that, that gap okay. where they buy the home, you know, in March or right. April or whatever it may be, and to, to cover that gap. So there is something coming into play. Hopefully, that's going right. to help them and because it, it, yeah, yeah, and and that's and again, that's a great question because those folks are entitled to that, right, that exemption, right, and having that coverage would be be helpful and if they're getting a mortgage we're requiring it to escrow correct we are going to collect that money and yeah. it's not at least know, for the first at least year. for yeah. the first year yeah, yeah until we see that well paul i can't believe that our time <laughs> is up oh my gosh it is just so wonderful talking to you you well, have you. so much good information um one question before you leave yes what's the last book you ever read last book i ever read um actually i read a Tom Clancy uh, book the other day. I can't remember the name of it. I was <laughs> I was down. I had a surgery two three weeks ago. And oh. I, had to, I was kind of. So you got your Clancy I was, fan. I was reading some. Yeah, it's kind of the post Tom Clancy book. Okay, okay, okay. But, okay. Uh, I read quite a bit. Um, That's good. But yeah. That's good. Well, thank you again. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Um, email me any suggestions for the podcast or um, any other questions you might have for Paul and we'll get them over to you to him I should say my email address is coffee with Kelly podcast at gmail.com thanks everyone thank you